Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors, and this is the expansion series. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things that have been outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to chiropractors who've done wild things uh, to expand your consciousness. Now, this week I talked to Chandler Gone. Her and her husband's uh, mobile practice is almost all Amish. Now, they're not Amish, but somehow not only they were able to tap into this uh, niche, but also gained the community's trust. As you can imagine, that can be very difficult. And so this episode is probably the most fascinating conversation that I have yet to have. And she shares how she built trust and what she learned in the process. We talked about everything from trust and relationships all the way to grit and everything in between and how little mindset shifts can make a huge shift. This is exactly why I started Elevate Club, showing you all the ways that a little shift in your thinking can actually give you vastly different results. Um, that exciting life or that really good, profitable business, freedom, joy, abundance, whatever it want, whatever you want, is on the other side of just one decision. Now, if this resonates, I invite you to check Elevate Club, which is over at www.elevate.me, and that's spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. I'm sure the link is in here somewhere. You can also connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. Would love to hear from you either way. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation and get some um, wisdom from it. Be sure to subscribe and tune in and um, into the future episodes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. This is the expansion series. And when I went out looking for chiropractors who've done things outside of the box, I tell you, this one today, my guest, um, I would say is probably the most out of the box thing that that I have come across. So I am super curious to hear her story. Her name is Dr. Uh, Chandler Gone, and uh, her and her husband they run a very successful mobile chiropractic business in a very rural area, and this will blow your mind in the Amish community. Um, and specifically working with pregnant moms and babies. So I am super honored to have you here, Chandler, and um, to learn more about how this all happened. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast, so I'm thrilled. Perfect. So let's start with like at the very beginning. How did you, because you're not, are you Amish? No, I am not Amish. No. Not Amish. Okay, I figured but since we're, you're on Zoom with me here, and I and I and I probably will make some assumptions that are going to be wrong and out there. I don't know, but uh, but I am also curious to learn more. So tell me, how did yeah. you guys end up uh, kind of niching into this community? Yeah, great question. Um, well, it wasn't on purpose, that's for sure. I think God really just led us to this because, um, I mean. This month is just our two years in practice. Um, my husband and I just graduated chiropractic school like two and a half years ago, and we set out 
to own our own practice. We started doing it mobily and through the relationships that we made is how we ended up with the playing community or the Amish community being our main clientele. Um, so creating, uh, we, we knew we wanted to work with pregnant women. And so we created um, professional relationships with home birth midwives and were with other people who just so happened to be working with the playing community, the Amish community. And that's just kind of how we got there through relationships and then through relationships with the families and ultimately word of mouth. Okay. So you went into this area. Where's your practice again? It's in Pennsylvania, um, South, South central Pennsylvania. Yep. We were primarily in two, two different counties, uh, York County and Lycoming County. Um, and that's where my husband is from. Okay. And so going into it, um, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go into it thinking that that was the community you were going to serve, but you met probably like midwives and birth workers that also worked in that community. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that is the bulk of your practice. Yeah, Um, probably about 75% of our patients are Amish. So um, tell me, what was it like sort of, for lack of a better term, like penetrating or like gaining their trust? Because, and I don't know much about that culture, but maybe teach us, teach us some things about them or what it was like to kind of get in that community. So... (sighs) We, our first Amish patient, well, we're, first of all, just being from this area, from the rural area, uh, I grew up on a farm. So being around Amish is nothing new, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But they are a closed community. They are the friendliest, nicest people, but they're a closed community. And so um, our first patients, it was, it was a lot about learning about them, Mm -hmm. what, what they are okay with and what they aren't okay with and what we can talk about in their homes and what we can't talk about in their homes specifically like in front of children. And, um, so it was, it was all just a kind of a big learning curve. Like I said, they're, they're pretty closed off. And one of the reasons why I think what we do is so cool and I love it so much is because we did get welcomed in and through the niceness of some specific patients, who let us, who just kind of pulled us aside and was like, Hey, if you're going to be doing this with us, you need to know these things. And really just, um, kind of told us how it was. And thankfully through them doing that, we were able to, you know, follow the rules better so we could respect them better and then gain their trust. And it really just took off from there. Mm, Interesting. So, um, what are some of those things? So specifically within the Amish near us, pregnancy, sex education, that's not a thing like with them growing up. Um, They go to school to about eighth grade and then they do vocational where they learn about different jobs that they can do. They practice those and then they are at that same time kind of going to a youth group and, you know, um, seeing who they're going to get married to. They get married young, younger than, you know, we usually do. And by about the age of 20, they're having babies, but they're not taught about sex pregnancy until the day before they get married. And it's very little education. It's fun. I mean, I've never been involved with it, but from what I've learned, it's just that the day before you learn what kind of happens so that you can get pregnant and that you can um, raise children. And then that's about it. So a lot of the education happens after 
uh, the woman is already pregnant and the midwife is teaching them or we're teaching them about their bodies. And um, so it's all very secret. Mm-hmm. And so we can't say things like have a baby and get pregnant. And we have to say, you know, around the children that could be um, learning from what we're saying. So we just have to kind of change the way we're doing things. Um, I, when we started our practice, I was actually pregnant. And um, once we started gaining some clientele, it was, um, it was pretty much, we were told that as long as I'm pregnant, I can't see the unmarried men. I can't be adjusting the unmarried men because that would evoke question, you know? Um, and so just things like that, that you wanted to be respectful to their wishes and what, so my husband would go see the unmarried men and just some things like that, just to respect their wishes, but things that we would have had no idea about at all whatsoever going into it. That's, that's interesting. That's so fascinating. And, um, you end up working with not just the Amish community, but you end up working with pregnant moms. I would assume like if you were to get any more like trust, this this is it. This is like the most amount of trust. What do you think was like your number one quality in you guys? Because I would, I talk to people all the time and I could tell you it's not for everybody or not that it's not for everybody, but not everybody is able or has the ability or has the traits to be able to do this is kind of a big deal. Um, What do you think in you guys existed that allowed you to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think that it's two things. One of them being that my husband and I are simple people. We are not, there's really nothing extra that can impress us. We're just simple loving people. And we really both like to make relationships. Um, Those two things I think are what gained our trust with this community, but it's also why we're good chiropractors. Cause I think that those things make good chiropractors. And it's also um, when you're working with that type of community, um, there's more of like, I was raised on a farm. Lots of them are farmers so there's some personal things, but also the simplicity and the relationships, I think both uh, kind of catapulted us in that there was more to relate to, even though we're so vastly different. Right. Which I think is literally the key to creating any successful, uh, yes. any, or any successful relationship, like in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your patients in building a successful practice in, in business in general, even if you're just an investor, you're not a chiropractor. The two main things that you just said, one is relatability, right? Which is building rapport with someone. If you don't have it in your case, you happen to have some commonalities. Uh, obviously, like you said, you guys are vastly different at the same time. And number two is prioritizing the relationship itself, like building that connection. So it doesn't matter if you're serving the Amish or if you're serving the CEO of some big corporation in some big city or anything in between. Um, That is huge. Connection is huge. That is one thing that I really admire 
about my husband and about myself is that we do the the then 25% of people that we see that aren't Amish we do see people from the completely different aspects the people who want us to come to their homes and when they're doing their big important jobs you know we go into the opposite end of things expensive homes uh very fancy people but it is all about just the relationship and do they feel cared for are we paying attention to caring for them and um yeah i totally i couldn't agree with that more i think that that is so important people lose that yeah i agree and so i'm curious to learn more about your upbringing and your childhood because you do have that sense of like you're very grounded you obviously have been really good at creating this trust with these people and with people in general. So I wonder, like, uh, what what do you think in your childhood or in your path? You know, sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this happened to me. And as a result of this, like, you can kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. Were there things that happened that kind of prepared you for who you are today? And if so, what were those things? What was your childhood like? So... <laughs> It's funny because I I can specifically, just like you said, there's the specific things that you can see that these are the reasons why I am like this. And I refer it to like it is the the perfect storm that created me because I was I was raised, like I said, my sisters, I have three sisters. I'm one of four girls. We were we were raised raising livestock and competitively showing them through 4 H and then some other like competitive things. And we were really good at them. We learned great work, work ethic through that. Um, my parents split and my mom had to go back to school. She went to back to school for nursing while we were all four of us were still at that, like middle school, high school age. So that's super difficult. And then, um, the guy who was our coach for the animals, he was a very successful financial advisor. And so, and then the other, another part of my whole story is throughout school and high school, I believe that part of the reason why I am as successful as I am is because I'm like one of those people. And this is the best way I can say it is that I just can't work for someone else. Mm. Like I can't be, I'm like the, you can't tell me how to think and you can't tell me how to do type of person. And now I've really matured into that. I think wonderfully, but as a teenager, that's like, no. So I did not do well in high school. I did not do well in the school aspect of life until I got to college. So seeing, having the discipline and the grit of raising animals, doing it competitively, having a job, like of keeping not only keeping animals alive but making it so that it is it's like any other competitive sport out there mm-hmm. so we did all of that and then seeing my mom have the grit to go back to school and really just keep the lights on keep the electricity on and keep us all happy and thriving and then in with all of that was our mentor who was an entrepreneur. He was a business owner. He was very successful. He had great things that one would like admire in life. Mm -hmm. It was just a whirlwind of all of that, that 
are the, those are the specific things that just led me to be where I am now. So then when I got to college, so by not being great at high school, almost not even completing high school, I then had this, well, I have to prove people wrong, right? Like I, I have this work ethic. I have this grit. They think I'm a nobody and will be a nobody. And so now I have a job and I have to prove these people wrong. So it, it was that type of upbringing that those are the things that kind of made me into who I am. And then I really began a love for learning once I got to college and that never stopped. That's just gotten even greater. I love that. I knew, every time I ask that question, I know people always have an answer, even though inside I'm like, oh, maybe they don't, they don't know or they haven't figured out. But every single time there's always something that has happened that given them the gems, the wisdom, the skills, the characteristic or trait that is making them successful today. And yeah. the thing you said about not want, you know, not being able to work for anybody else, girl, that is what makes you an entrepreneur, right? That's every yeah. entrepreneur I ever talked to. It, they started out that way. And um, I share my story in one of the episodes uh, where when I was young, I had a my first job was at a fast food place and it was so bad that it was the reason I decided I'm never working for anybody else. And I think I had one other job after that, worked for a chiropractor and that was very short lived. <laughs> so you have that entrepreneurial spirit. Now you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned grit, mm-hmm. which is so, so important. One of the most viewed TED talks is this woman. I wish I remembered her name. She's, I believe she's a PhD and she talks about the studies that they've done in uh, children and to it, and I forget the, the, you know, the foundations of the study or the details of it even, but basically it was like studying children and then looking at them down the road and determining what was the one thing that made certain kids more successful than others. And it was grit, the mm-hmm. ability to be able to push through the struggle. So it's almost like the more challenges, and I know you have uh, you have kids as well, but it's almost like the more challenges we present our children, we're teaching them more grit. You know, like you went through, your parents went through the divorce process. You know, everybody has challenges, but we sometimes, as, this is parents and me speaking, but sometimes as parents were like, our children should be like, they should have a perfect environment. But it's like, imagine if, they, if you had a perfect environment, you wouldn't yeah. have a different... And I mean, that's, I, I recently had that conversation with my mom where I was just saying, like, I, I thought my upbringing was perfect. I would not go back and change one thing because of who it made me. And I want my children to, to experience the same thing and have the same outcome without actually having to experience that. And how can I, as a, you know, we have my husband and I have a very happy marriage. We have a successful business, like with all these good things in our life, how am I supposed to teach them? Like, you know, pull up your bootstraps, you know? So we talk about that and, and introducing raising animals to them. And just, I mean, I even, I even bring it down to like, I try to with everything in their life from the parenting aspect is how can my kid learn from this and how can they become, whether it's smarter or whatever it's going to be that they're going to become better at through this. I mean, even as simple as like, I mean, we don't do Tylenol, of course, but it's like when you're sick, like 
you know, you kind of got to get through it. You don't really need to be pampered until it's, it's just like life sucks sometimes and sickness is one of them. And that's kind of one of the ways that we do it in our house that we're just, we love our kids and we love our babies, but we really, we don't coddle them because I don't know any other way to, to teach that grit. Yeah, totally. And you know what? The world will teach them grit also. And uh, not only that, I think another thing you mentioned as you were describing your story is the contrast, right? Seeing your mentor uh, be super successful and maybe watching your family and being like, because I experienced that too. It's like, okay, I have that contrast. And contrast is good. It could be the crappiest thing that happens to you, but then you look at it and you're like, this really sucks or a situation, you know, this really sucks. Poverty really sucks or not having money to buy whatever I want or to give away really sucks, which tells me exactly where I need to look at, right? So that contrast is huge. Yeah. It's another area I feel like we can introduce to our kids. Like, look, this is the lifestyle you get is not the lifestyle that, that is. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, what's next for you guys? Like you have your only couple of years out of, uh, out of school, you have this really successful mobile, uh, clinic and you're going to, to these homes that, you know, that have basically given you all of their trust, working with pregnant moms and babies. Um, mm-hmm. what is next for you guys? What's, what would next level look like for you? Yeah, that is always one thing that I'm working on is leveling up. I'm not a stagnant person. I we've really just begun. Um we have plans to I work out of I only work 3 days a week. My husband works 4 days a week. Uh a day and a half I'm actually in an office cuz just a year and a half ago I had a baby and so we had to like I wasn't going to be doing the mobile. So we want an office of our own eventually just to kind of make it half and half. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to homeschool our kids. So that will be happening some in the office, but I'm actually a childbirth educator as well. Um, My training is through the hypnobirthing Institute, Marie Morgan. And I am this year working with a creator to uh, make a birthing course. Mm. Um, We see, I mean, our practice is a ton of pregnancy in like that 25% that's not Amish and it just lacks education. It, it terribly lacks education about consent, what is true about birth, what is not true about birth, all those types of things. And I don't have the time to teach the classes one-on-one like it had been. So we're creating a birthing course that will be available through purchase through our website. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of other um, PDFs that are like purchasable things on our website too, so that I can be helping women learn this stuff mm-hmm. without actually being present. Cause that as, I mean, I know, you know, time just escapes so quickly and you want to do things. And so this is my way of helping educate women who are asking for it and want it without having to take time away from raising my boys. Mm. And and I love that. That's that gives you more freedom. Now you're speaking to creating those educational pieces for uh, the 25 or for anybody outside of the Amish community. Yeah, pretty much. Um, are, are there things that you do to educate the Amish community with that? Because you know, like you mentioned, you'll have to be particular about it. Like, are do you do classes and things for them? Yeah, I like I said, we work with 
they're midwives. Um, I, one of the midwives that we work with and two, the two that we work really closely with, one was my midwife for my last home birth and one was there assisting her. And so we're really close with them and they do a very good job about doing a childbirth education with each one of their patients. Um, I have done childbirth education specific to see with um, the non-Amish community, I can do a group class, yeah, right? But yeah. with the Amish community, it's, it's couple by couple. Um, and so I will do specific couples classes, but it's very limited. Yeah. And what I can do with timing, but yeah, I have done it more specified to, to the Amish community. Would you say that chiropractic has well received? I would, I would imagine because it's inside out. It is, it is so well received by the Amish because they truly believe that God created them to heal themselves, which he did. And so chiropractic is often their first line of help, right? So if they're sick, they call us. If they just, you know, had a fall, they call us. So it's really changed how we take our history. It's changed a lot about the clinical side of our chiropractic of, okay, you know, what we have to do, but many of them don't have a primary care physician or pediatrician. They simply work with natural medicine. So it's, it's received extremely well. Are you the only chiropractor in that community? No, not at all. There's another, um, there's a lot of chiropractors in Lancaster County. Um, Mm -hmm. but, and there's a couple of chiropractors who do kind of similar work to us, but majority, um, family and like adult chiropractic, um, kind of what our grandparents would think of chiropractic to be, um, local to us. Gotcha. Now, um, that's really cool. And so last question, would you recommend another chiropractor to get into this? And if, if yes, what would you, what would your advice be if they were like, you know what, that's a great niche. I want to do that. I'm near an area where these communities exist. What, what do you recommend? Yes, I would recommend this niche to some chiropractors. Um, I really think that it goes back to what I said before. If, if you and this is with anything. If you are just in something for the money, people can see right through you. And I truly think that that's why many people are not successful is because they can't take, oh, this is my paycheck out of their head when they're working on people. So I, I would recommend this to any chiropractor who can form relationships with people who are different, um, with open-minded people like an open-minded chiropractor who is loving first. Um, I, I also think something else that I think that being a Christian has also helped with working with these people as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. Um, this is quite the niche, so you have to be willing to learn. Um, but it's, it's possible. And we, we love it when my husband and I lay down at night sometimes and often actually, and just say, I can't believe this is our life. I can't believe this is what our practice is and just give thanks because it's, we love what we do every day. 
Well, and it's amazing. It's one thing to like provide chiropractic care to a group of patients that are getting great results. But I do think that it, with your population, it is next level in that you're giving chiropractic care to a group of patients, people that are getting great results and are super, like it's super aligned the, with the philosophy of chiropractic. So they're, they're just, they're living that lifestyle probably better than most chiropractors, I would assume. Yes, definitely true. So that's a beautiful thing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Chandler, for giving me your time. Is there anything else that we didn't discuss or anything you want to share? Hmm. Where can people connect with you if they have questions about this? Well, our chiropractic um, website is healthyhomechiro.com. My email is healthyhomechiropractic at gmail.com. And then my Instagram is like, we have an Instagram for our business, but I do a more personal one, more based towards um, pregnancy, kids, teaching. Um, that is Chandler Cairo on Instagram. And okay. yeah. Perfect. So you can connect with her on Instagram. You can check out their website. You can email her again. Thank you so much for giving me your thank time. You. It was, this was fascinating and I learned so much. So super appreciative of the time. Thank you everyone for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to the rest of the series, the expansion series. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona. Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.